Have you guys heard of Rakuten? It's where you can shop all your favorite stores online and make money. Yeah, you can make money. I have made thousands of dollars. Granted, I've been on it for a while, but if you're someone who's an online shopper, you need to sign up right now. And you can use my invite link. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N dot com slash R slash Divina 141. Rakuten.com slash R slash Divina 141. Happy shopping and make some money. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Paraquat. She has filled huge stadiums, arenas, and concert halls bigger than Radio City Music Hall and Carnegie Hall. But still, here, she's a mystery to be discovered. She's called by one name only. That's how you know she's a legend. <laughs> Bringing forth an extraordinary healing sound that is part singing and arranged, never heard before on the planet, part multidimensional healing, part evoking the feminine goddess with all women. She stands alone. She's a pioneer in opening sensual feminine essence to help women restore self-acceptance and love in their body. So she uses an ultra-high, low-overtone form of singing that she developed herself. She can produce up to four voices at a time. It's a unique sound that has been scientifically proven to heal in many studies conducted with her. Her influence has spread through the success of two globally explosive CDs along with concerts and workshops around the world. Her online platform of music, sensual healing videos, courses, and events are impacting women everywhere, freeing from emotional traumas, self-doubt, anxiety, limitations, self-recrimination, and more. Using her form of singing, she produced this sound pill that helped hundreds of thousands of people to deal with stress and anxiety during the pandemic. Her unique gift has shown to have a vast effect on human conditioning for all people, not just women seeking to find their inner essence. So here she is. I hope you enjoy her. So there's a quote that says that your voice makes God come down from heaven and heal people. What do you think that speaker meant by that? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I start, I, I start. <laughs> straight, cut, cut straight to the chase. Nice. Um, I mean, personally, I'm not a very religious person, so it wouldn't be a quote that I could uh, really comment so well mm. on. Um, but I think really it came from a man, I think. And uh, I think what he was really saying was that when when you're in the presence of me singing, that some divine energy opens in the body and a lot of um, healing can happen for people. So it, it's something that is takes people immediately beyond the mind sitting and analyzing a performer to vroom, it just mm-hmm. opening up and opening up the consciousness very very quickly mm-hmm. and would you say that you pretty much lived a normal life or you've kind of lived an eventful life extremely eventful life extremely eventful <laughs> when did it start becoming very eventful like when was it picking up um well, I mean, there's all kinds of levels of events, isn't there? You know, there's the yes. events that, that are kind of life changing, you know, and mm-hmm. those young for me. <laughs> so yeah. 11 years of age was my really my first extreme yes. change where I really grew from being uh, a child mm-hmm. and 
after this particular experience, I was now a, a young woman. And that was when I had an experimental surgery done on my legs where they cut the bones above the knees and turned the, no, the knees out, regrew those bones instead of the legs being turned in to make them straight. But the condition was in the hips. So right. they, never, they never fixed the condition. They just completely um, deconstructed my body. And I think when you, you know, when surgery is done in such a way that it takes the body out of its natural form, right. the body never, ever find its natural form again. So, you know, that was really one of the great blessings and one of the great curses of my life. And right. what it did for me was that it taught me the most profound gratitude for life that never, ever leaves me because mm -hmm. Through that experience, uh, I was not walking for a period and I spent quite a few months with um, disabled kids who would never walk, you know, and often couldn't talk or, right. you know, had severe conditions in their wow. body. And I knew I was going to walk again once I got through this horrific procedure and it switched on a level of compassion in me and gratitude for life. So that's what I mean. I just went from a child's view of life mm -hmm. to is something that wow what a profound gift it is to have a working walking living breathing yes. like full human body you know? know and it and it was happening in the moment in my life when my mother was going through the most traumatic divorce that a, a woman could wow. go through it was violent it was aggressive long term for a year and I played that role as soon as I could coming out of the surgery of supporting her through that at the age of 11. And um, it was really, really a difficult life path because it just taught me how incredibly insane mm -hmm. human beings can be right. to eat. You know, they start with this promise of love of marriage, you know, and I will yes. take care of you and I will love you. And my mother was a was a woman when she met this man in her second marriage, she had lost the first man to the ocean to a really uh, radical um, disappearance. My father drowned at sea and wow. nobody found the ship, nobody found uh, the crew. Like it was just a mysterious happening, you know. So my mother went from a really grievous, you know, experience. And then when I was sick, she married the promised future of a great mm -hmm. medical you know. Yes. And four years after that, basically they were destroying um, each other, but he particularly her. So, you know, it was one of those realisations that uh, human beings can be so incredibly cruel and um manipulative to each other and Absolutely. it took a lot of strength you know to hold my mother emotionally through that so that's what I mean it was like yes. imagine all of this happened when I was 11 so that was you know that was the first big turning point where I, I just not in a good way but somehow in a very powerful way became right. somebody who was awake you know right. somebody 
who looked at the world with a totally different perspective. So imagine me being in school for all these following years Mm -hmm. with teenagers and uh, nothing I saw was really of any truth, you know. And so it was a very difficult way because I was already mature. And then at the age of 15, my mother married another wealthy man and went away with him and left me. Um, and my sister just to take care of ourselves. So mm-hmm. by the age of 17, uh, I had this phenomenal experience where I realized this enormous passion for singing. Mm-hmm. And when I told my mother, who now had lived away from me for a couple of years, she said, that that's just an absolute joke. You will, you will uh-huh. never see you know <laughs> like, like you yeah. know, and I said to her but I'm going to go to the other side of the country and I'm going to try and get into you know music school etc right and she said you'll be back within six months begging for money you know <laughs> so, yeah, sounds like a lot of moms actually yeah I mean it's, <laughs> it's, it's a mother who is terrified that her child will become an artist will become right. a you know and what can she do to deter that you know yeah so it's not our mothers are bad it's just they're terrified that life is going to uh, be very hard for you if you choose way so often the things that come out of their mouths it's not what they really mean yes it's not about it's not it's about more about them than about you yeah exactly it's their fears you know and I think a lot of children um and that either has a negative impact or it has mm-hmm. becomes a fuel, you know. Right. To say, yes. Oh, you can you can uh, put that curse on me. So I'm going to show you that your words are empty if I work so so hard, you know, in, in my dream. Into music conservatorium and the jazz uh, conservatorium. That energy eventually transformed that that kind mm-hmm. of deep lack of support and disappointment. And right. I'll show you, you know, eventually that transformed in my in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that uh, was the driving force for becoming, mm-hmm. you know, something different. You know, right. And I feel like we cannot we have to mention this, but um, you experienced sexual abuse by the hands of your aunt's boyfriend and yes. I wanted to know how did you heal that wound and what advice would you give to other women and and men who have experienced sexual abuse in their lives for sure um you know one of the most tragic things uh with rape or sexual abuse and I've worked with thousands of women over the last 27 years mm-hmm. working with this um is that when we are abused we're the ones that carry the shame and the guilt right as if we made it happen you know yes (laughs) and it's normally the reverse but this guilt and this shame just is so disempowering that it normally takes your will that part of you that says I stand for myself. This is my voice. This is my life. It literally closes that will center, you know. And when you come 
into the same kind of environment where you are naked, exposed, you know, in a sexual environment, in the bedroom, often that same energy unmet will rise again and your voice is not your own. It's somewhere deep hidden inside, silenced okay. and afraid. And it's, it's, it's this fear that if I open, I'm going mm -hmm. to be deeply hurt, you know, physically, emotionally. So I realized this when I was, that was 18. I was just happened before my 18th birthday. And it was mm. actually how I lost virginity, which so that was a, that was a mm. double edged sword. Yeah. Because I had no previous penetration and uh, it was at somebody that sh I should have been able to trust. And, um, and then there was the process of revealing it to the auntie, you know, right. who who totally loved me and trusted me, you know, and the the that that transition of going through guilt, guilt, guilt. But how it happened for me was that she found out from him, and oh. so she came raging at me. You slept with him because, of course, he twisted it, you know. Oh yeah, and um, and that was. That was a moment of absolute, like, deep despair. Deep, right. All that grief that I'd held inside, all that guilt that it just came pouring out of me. And I know that for many people, when they actually express that they mm -hmm. have raped or abused to people that they trust or their family members, they are often not hurt. And this is devastating because then you feel even more alone right. in, in the pathway. So luckily for me, my auntie recognised that it wasn't the truth, you know, that I hadn't just slept with him. And she was supportive, but she went through her own rage around the whole thing. And so what my position was, even as a young woman, was, oh, wow, I need to heal this. And I actually moved out of my auntie's house. I went and rented a small cottage in the forest mm -hmm. and I said okay when I can I'm going to get out into the nature and try and heal this right and that was a very important step and the other most important step was actually revealing that I had been raped to somebody who was very close to me not the auntie but somebody else and I did it very casually like oh you know this happened to me and fortunately, this friend was so, she was wiser than me, older mm -hmm. than me, said, how can you be so casual about this? You know, mm. this, this is one of the great uh, rites of passage, losing your virginity, and yours right. has been ripped from underneath you. And you've got to let out this pain and this anger and everything inside. So instead of just trying to, you know, like deal with it, very logically I decided okay I'm going to go out into the forest and walk and walk and I just let my voice because remember my voice was literally silenced through the act of being raped like I was pushed down my mouth was gagged you know and when I went into the nature and I said I allow this pain to come out of me mm -hmm. this sound started to come out of me wow it was like these these primordial mm -hmm. screams and sounds and chant like things that had nothing to do with anything wow. 
I'd ever heard before. And this, this was really profoundly healing because this was stuck in my body, this pain. And this being in the arms of a very nurturing environment because the earth is always that when we're in, you know, in a healthy uh, nature. Being in that feminine field, which is so loving and life-giving, yeah. I found I could really let go of that pain. And so later on, you know, I mean, I, again, I was 18 here, right? And I was just opening up my voice because at this time in my life, I was totally committed to getting into conservatorium. I had mm. no previously. I had no right to be going to conservatorium. So it, it was going to take a miracle. And I right. gave my one year to train my voice, to learn about music and to try and apply to get into conservatorium. But I also understood that there was, I couldn't say this with my mind, but at the time I understood that I couldn't truly sing if I had this sexual block right. in my right? Absolutely, yeah. And that became, that experience then became the basis of a particular <sighs> practice that I developed many years later, maybe 10, 12 years later, when I got older and had a lot more experience. And it became an emotional cleansing process, mm -hmm. which is an online course now where women can go in and go through this healing process using their Beautiful. voice and uh, using the whole body their breath and being taken down you know into the body down through the subconscious to release a lot of that that grief that rage that right. you know fear and um so it was an important it was an important experience i mean nobody wants to go through it but there's very few people that can help women consciously transform that because rape is not something you can transform with psychology and logic because mm. it's stuck in deep in the body. That's a, that's a big statement. Yes. Like that. I totally yep. agree. Um, yeah. we, we really have to talk about this kind of elusive native American medicine man. So you both shared a pretty large age gap. And he had multiple wives. So how did that come to be? How did you convince him <laughs> to take you on as a new wife? <laughs> that was kind of so far from convincing. It was the absolute opposite. It was awesome. So at this stage, I was 23 years old. I'm now heavily into my jazz career. And I'm getting really successful. I'm really unhappy <laughs> because I've compromised something inside of myself which is inside of myself at this young age of 17 turning 18 I had this realization that if I could sing I would sing for healing not just mm -hmm. to enter and I saw as I got deeper 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 into the jazz world that I was losing that special belief that I had mm -hmm. in that could I use my voice for healing? So I felt like yeah. I was getting further away from it. And I felt like I was really using a lot of my feminine sexual energy on stage, you know, to move me to where I wanted to be in terms of being accepted, in terms of mm -hmm. being loved, you know, and success. And that was a huge compromise for me because remember, I have grown into an adult at the age of 11. Right. So my, my consciousness is 
much more experienced by, by this age. So the pain of compromise was much greater for me at a younger age than most, I would say. Right. So at this point in the dark night of the soul, I basically said to the mother who I considered to be a great guide for me, this the the ocean was a great guide for me and I lived on the ocean and I said to her, please show me where I've gone wrong. And I went through a profound experience where uh, I basically sang myself into union with the elements, with the wind, mm -hmm. with the ocean, with the earth. And this incredible healing happened in me where the vibration of the planet, the earth, of the, just came through my entire body and filled me up with so much love. Mm -hmm. I realized this is what we're here for. We're right. actually here to express this power of love and life through the body, you know, and that she is constantly in every way, in every shape, in every sound, in everything that we touch in life is the vibration of that feminine intelligence. Mm -hmm. And um, true. and I said to this great intelligence when I experienced it like pouring through my body, if I can sing to mm -hmm. help other people realize that they are so loved and there is so much life for them here, show me how to, to sing for you, for that, for the people. And within two weeks, mm -hmm. a Native American, medicine turned up in Sydney in Australia even though he was from America New Mexico from the desert wow. I met him in a and uh, I recognized that this man held this secret this knowledge that I had asked the mother for because imagine mm -hmm. I touch this energy but how do you sing this energy right. and what be and how does healing happen and all of those questions you know mm -hmm. and uh, when he met me I, I sang with him on stage. It's a long story, but to cut to the chase, I, when I sang with him on stage in this festival, he said, little lady, I've been waiting for you. You know, we have many roads to travel, many people to meet. You know, you, you are my singing woman. The great mother said she was sending you. And I was like, and it was terrifying because, again, I'm 23. He's 50. Yeah. He's extremely charismatic. He's a bit fat. He smokes camel cigarettes, you know, <laughs> and long, long native hair. And and everything inside of me says, danger, alert, run. <laughs> caution, caution, caution. <laughs> He's a charismatic man. Women yeah. were all over him, you know. And when I finally managed to meet him again and we went on a, on a kind of date, he said, well, he was very straight up and he said, I have a vision and you assigned to be one of my wives, you know, you're my singing woman and I've been waiting for you. And, you know, you're not here to do what you think you're here to do. You're actually right. here to help many people on the planet, you know, yes, you are. and, and um, for me, that was terrifying, but by the way, you know, I'm going to have six other wives and I already have three of them at home in America, you know, on a ranch in New Mexico. And, uh, but if you come, you know, if you want to learn from me and if you want to, you know, get this knowledge, you're going to need to become one of those seven wives. And by the way, you'll probably have a child to me. And it was like, 
<laughs> again I and then I understood what was that danger that right you <laughs> that that instinctual break and run moment and I went through that for maybe several weeks before I could even contemplate the idea that I could move in the direction that this man was moving and which I did and so eventually I did go over to New Mexico <laughs> and eventually I was totally resistant to the idea. I thought I'll just somehow find a way just to be a student, not his wife as well. But somehow it all happened. And I was actually together with him for 11 years. Mm. And yes, the wives did come and children were born. And it was, um, you know, one of those huge initiations that didn't stop from mm. every day of 11 years. <laughs> Interesting. So do you think that experience with him also helped you realize that you are a women's teacher, not just a powerful, conscious singer? Well, definitely because you can imagine what you go through living right. in a separate, right? And mm -hmm. mothers, it's not fluffy. No, <laughs> not, it's not. All these women fluffy. energies. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I imagine, you know, you've got two or three maybe women on their period together. You've got maybe mm -hmm. two or three babies in the house together, newborns, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, you imagine like laid on top of that is uh, this incredibly deep yes. uh, search for knowledge, ancient history of the earth, the universe, extraterrestrials, um, healing ceremony, yeah. vision quests, like, you know, not yeah. a normal. No. And learning how to, just on a very basic human level, how to transform this jealousy and this competition between you know, the women, between the wives. And so my experience of, you know, loving totally one man and other women also having that feeling and having to burn through that sense of I'm special mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm more than you, I'm less than you and all of those, right. you know, that we go through it certainly brought me to a profound understanding of who is woman you know mm -hmm. on on every level just on the human level uh when we're also in ceremonies going to transcendental states together um you know and i would say one of the most profound things that happened uh for me particularly i would say for all the women but particularly for me was uh ah, we were maybe four years into that marriage and he got diagnosed with uh, bone cancer um. and uh, he was very very close to death after I don't know maybe a year or two and then finally he said there's there's only one way to heal this and that's going to be through you women doing oh. a healing ceremony for me and that's actually what happened and uh so you know, I played a, a role as a singing woman of bringing those songs uh, into the ceremony to wake up that profound, life-giving, orgasmic, healing feminine energy. And when that was unified and put inside and we crossed into the mystery, and I'm really seriously squeezing this story into a nanosecond here, but... <laughs> you know, it, it it was the root, I would say, of the understanding that burst the depth of my mm -hmm. work because I really, truly understood 
who is woman, what is her potential, how does her body work to um, to open her fully, you know, to the source of life, to the source of the planet, to right. the source of healing healing energy and to the source of healing herself as well because you can't go into a ceremony like that without having done the work on yourself that's true absolutely you have to have a level of self-awareness very you have to know all your weaknesses all your strengths and be willing to burn through all of the things that keep you from that absolute state of trust in love you know Mm -hmm. in that love yeah so it was really, it was a really profound thing for me. And I was, I think, 28 when that ceremony happened. So I was very young. And, um, but as I said, it, it birthed then a, a lot of practices for me. Mm. So I, I really learned how to access that enormous healing feminine power inside. And it just yes. kept waking up and waking up through the years of of my life i'm 53 now so you know absolutely so what would you say is the most unusual project you've ever done um god i've done a lot of unusual projects (laughs) (laughs) really have done a lot of unusual projects but i think the most um the one that really reflects where I am now, I I first initiated this project about six years ago, and uh, I had this experience um, before I did this project where my voice just woke up to the next level, and mm-hmm. I I started to be able to overtone so that I was singing one voice and then another voice at the same time and then another voice at the same time as though three voices are singing. At once, you know, mm-hmm. and spinning and spinning, you know, the voices is spinning, and the, and I realized the healing impact of this was was really huge. Um, when I I'm first sure. touched, when I first touched this voice, I was I think twenty seven, and I was with that that native medicine man medicine then, man. yeah, and he said I forbid you to use this voice because it's just too powerful. Mm-hmm. You're not ready. Planet's not ready for it. So literally about 20-something years, I left, you know, really experimenting with, with that voice. I left it to to rest. And only when I entered deep states of meditation, I would come out, did that voice start to open up more and more and more. And then it um, it really demanded that I, I create music in mm-hmm. a totally different what we think of music, you know. And um, because my work by this stage had been very much working in the workshop room around the planet, you know, because I've worked with women from countries. So working in the workshop room, helping them transform this trauma, this pain, you know, opening up their bodies and their flow and their orgasmic energy and their sexual energy and their connection to the soul. Mm -hmm. But this voice demanded that uh, I create soundtracks that open up the body. So I created a soundtrack, for example, for the heart. I, I, I created a soundtrack to to open up the womb when women can't feel the womb, you know, or they have wow. a or uh, the yoni, the vagina, or the pineal gland. So I have created all these different soundtracks using voice, you mm-hmm. know, tones in these harmonic overtones. And then I thought, wow, 
amazing if I could bring that to the live stage because through all this period of time, I'm a concert artist. You know, I've been creating many, many uh, bodies of music to support women uh, and men too in their lovemaking, you know, and uh, women in yeah. practice, women dance, you know, yeah. but they breathe, love themselves. But this was music specifically for uh, practices that take somebody into a very meditative state, into a healing state. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, okay, let's make a live show of this. And we birthed this project first uh, in in the biggest, at the time it was the biggest planetarium, you know, uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. Right. uh, So imagine people were laying, you know, looking at the cosmos Mm -hmm. and with these uh, overtones and with this special music, taking people into deep states of meditation. And at the same time, all, a lot of participants in that audience were put through different tests uh, in uh, conventional science, alternative science, like bioresonance or field readings, uh, blood testings, etc. before so they came into the And then after, and the before and after was, was phenomenal of what was happening. So that, that project was birthed about six years ago and, and then it kind of grew into um, something that I do several times a year, you know, where uh, it's not now in a planetarium, but it's we use massive screens where uh, I'm singing and it's a concert meditation. Yeah. So half the concert is songs that are really opening up the psyche, opening up the motion, opening up the body. And second half, I'm taking people into deep states of meditation while singing live, but it's all projected on screen is um, me, mm-hmm. a beautiful, artful nature. And then an auric field uh, reader gorgeous. is my body as I'm singing and it's projecting it onto this massive screen so you can not only hear the vibration of the mm-hmm. voice field but you're also seeing how it's moving uh the auric field of, of my body on the screen so it's it's a direct uh transmission to people to see for themselves an experience in their own body that there's so much more than the physical body that they are a vibrational you know being connected to an inner cosmos that's very vast and very big, you know, and this is the that's way home. Beautiful. So I, I create a concert called Voice in the Cosmos. So I'm still giving them. And they, they can be up to 6,000 people in the room. Wow, so wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I'm actually about to go and give a few concerts in uh, Siberia uh, in a few days. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. This was a beautiful chat. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you tell everyone where to find you, listen to your music? Absolutely. Um, so on on I have a website which is paraquad.com. Mm-hmm. Um Peru like the country, you'll probably put a link for me, but Peru like the okay. country, Qua like uh, Iroquois Indian. That's how it's spelled Peruqua. Even if you spell it wrong, you still get there. <laughs> There's phenomenal amount of courses on there to help women to go through a lot of the different conditioners that that block us and stop us from feeling this self-love and this flow of beauty inside. Yes. Uh, and there are some very powerful courses also to take people out of stress and anxiety using these soundtracks I explained. Yes. And so, of course, you can catch me on YouTube. There's a lot of videos there. 
where I'm singing and dancing um, my music. And uh, a lot of people use it around the world in their feminine practices, for their dance classes, for all kinds of reasons, for birthing babies. Uh -uh. I love it. Thank you so, so much again. I wish you the best of luck. Thank, Thank you again. We will be in touch. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.